Welcome back, Internet Money Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Holmes. Your other host, Ty Frankel. What's up, brother? I'm good, brother. Been great. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I got my bourbon. You got your wine. Yes, sir. Um, I got a brand new house and just got back from Vegas. So things are good. Life's good. Dude, that's that's amazing, man. I mean, when when is a whole you know Cam Junior gonna pop out? That's the only thing that I'm wondering. <laughs> Not nine months, maybe ten, maybe eleven. Who knows? Oh wait, what? Okay, so you're about to you know you're about to do the. No, nah, no, nah, we got to get married. We get married in December, so we got a little bit of time. Oh, so but you said not nine or ten months. I mean, nine months if you would have conceived him today. I know it was a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke. So no, nah, probably like a year and a half, two years. Got you. Um, got you, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So what's new in your world, dude? Fucked up my ankle really bad about yeah. twelve days ago, a week and a half ago. You bitcoined and- your ankle. I Bitcoined my ankle, but it was not like the recent crash. It was like the crash where it went from 20K to 3K in 2018. That's what I did. And, um, dude, it is really bad. I sprained my ankle like 25 times over the course of the past decade since I was like 14. And this time was by far the worst. Like it was, I was in shock. Like when it happened, it was just like nine out of 10 pain. It was just like someone murdered me. Um, and then I made it to my house. These two guys helped me up after like 40 minutes of just being on the ground, helped me up, put me in my car. I drove home in like excruciating pain, just drove home Yeah. and um, laid down. And I was fucking in my bed for like three days in a row. I had to use crutches for one day. I ordered crutches and I went to the grocery store on crutches and crutches are hard to use. It's like, it takes a lot of effort to use crutches. Yeah. So I have like real respect for people that, <laughs> you know use crutches now i mean it's yeah. not easy it's not like a robotic thing it's like you got to fucking operate this shit yeah you do i don't know i've never been on crutches i hope i never am that shit looks like it's painful yeah um i got a question for you yes sir what do you think about crypto crypto i would say um it's cool it is what it is like you can put your money in crypto You can make a lot of money. I think you'll make a lot of money if you just put it in there and fucking forget about it for 10 years. I really do. And But don't put it in the shit coins because what I did in 2017, 18, I put it in a bunch of shit coins. You could look it up. Simple token. It was like um, OST, Vertcoin, VTC, all these different. You had Vertcoin. I had Nebulous, NAS. I had um, a couple other ones. And they all went from like super high. Like they were were going crazy. They 10X, 50X, 100X during the altcoin bull run of 2018 and then they crashed down and even with this bull run those shit projects who i actually thought were good like google like nebulous was like the google of crypto da, 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 da. i invested in like projects that were fucking you know they had fun they were good they had good fundamentals <clears throat> and they still haven't recovered like with this bull run they haven't even moved yeah so it's like these projects just fucking die so i would not if you're doing long term don't invest in a shit coin even if it has good fundamentals, invest in Bitcoin, invest in Ethereum. I'd probably go Bitcoin. This is not financial advice, but it kind of is. But I would just go Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it looks like it's just, I, I don't know. I don't want to say it's hype, but I'm thinking about, I've been looking into NFTs a lot. Mm. That shit was booming like the whole month. And then I was reading something today that said the whole market was down like 125% in terms of dollars. Make it, wait, 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 125%. How does that, how is that possible? Maybe not 125%, but some number. 
It's down it a shit. more than 100%. Oh, sorry, 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 I pulled it up now. It's down 40%. The amount of money spent okay. the second month after the first month it popped off is down 40%. Yeah. Because it's all hype. I mean, I don't understand it. People are paying for sketch images of a cartoon character looks like on Ed, Ed, and Eddie smoking a cigarette. And they're paying like four <laughs> Ethereum for it. You know what I'm talking about, though. They're paying like four yeah, 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 yeah. bullshit that you could just copy, paste, scan, and say, oh, I got an NFT. I don't get uh, it, but I, I I don't know. Do you, am I wrong? Is it just hype? Is it fueled on hype? And you think it's just gonna fizzle out like these shit coins? Or I have no idea. I'm, I I have no opinion on that. Really, I don't know anything about it. I'm not educated enough to have an opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what we're paid to do with our yeah. three viewers that watch this. But I mean, <laughs> it's four. It's four. It's three. Thank you, mom. Yeah, you know, yesterday I checked, it was three. Yeah, <laughs> probably. No, it's 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 about you know seventy three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, mom, mom made it. You know. Yeah. No, but dude, it got me thinking. I was yeah. I've got a listing right now for real right. estate that we're doing all right. the leasing for. It's a brand new development coming straight out of the ground. Before dude, it was built, they did twenty five percent pre leasing, and right when we first started doing it for about the first six months, leasing was easy as shit. We leased up fifty percent, so we had twenty five percent left. But after all that hype died down, now it's like a ghost town. Now nobody <laughs> wants to, to be there. The wine's hitting hard for Ty. <laughs> nobody wants to be there. Um, oh. And nobody's just answering the emails. It's been seen. All the hypes died down. Wait, what do you mean all the hype? You, you're talking about leasing properties. You're not talking about NFTs. No, I think it's the same principle behind it, though. That's what okay. I yeah. talk about. It's just like strike while the iron's hot type thing. Um, and I think the same is... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk shit on myself for a second, actually. All right. So when I first, started, I first started Twitter, like September of last year, and I went zero followers to like 30 followers in the first month. Then by the end of month two, I was at 3,100. Month three, 4,500. Now I'm in like month six, 5,100. Dude, come on. That's because, yeah, that's because you're not taking it seriously. Exactly. But it's like the strike while the iron's hot. You got to stay on top of shit. Like this hype and yeah, everything yeah. around it. If you stop, if you lack, if anything, it just stops. You- yeah, I think I think there's a period where the general public is like, "Yo, NFTs!" Like NFTs were like the story, like the fucking the story. Like in what yeah. February? Yeah. And now no one gives a fuck. And it's like when the general public pays attention and starts buying in, that's when the hype goes crazy. And then when the general public doesn't give a fuck anymore. The general public didn't give a fuck about crypto. Like they only give a fuck about crypto for three months, every two or three years. And that's right. when it goes crazy. And then the general public doesn't give a fuck again. And then it goes back down. And then the general public starts caring and the price kind of goes up. And then the general public doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. So I don't that's know, crazy. dude. I think it's also a bunch of whale, like a bunch of institutional players that are buying, buying it all up. So it's like crypto is meant to be decentralized. It's you know, meant to you know, kind of equalize the, the wealth gap. Yeah, And it's not going to do that, I feel like, because, you know, everyone that's a regular person, they let emotions dictate them. They're not going to fucking sit on Bitcoin till it reaches a million. They're going to fucking know. sell it. Yeah, they see 12% return and they're like, I'm out. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's bullshit in terms of it's not going to, you know, help with any wealth inequality. What I do think it'll help with is that all these currencies like Venezuelan currency, Zimbabwean currency back in the day, German after World War II, which had these you know, huge def- um, inflationary periods. Yeah. Huge. Infl- like people's life savings were gone in a couple, in a matter of a couple of days, a couple of months, completely yeah. gone. 
I think it'll help with that. Like, okay, if you have your money in Bitcoin, it's it's relatively it's not stable, but it's like it's not gonna it's not gonna go down. I mean, it can yeah, go yeah. down in value. But, yeah. But I think I think it's a better investment than you know you could just invest in that, put your money in in Bitcoin, all these in these different cryptocurrencies, rather than just have your states um, currency. If you know there's a there's a high def- high inflation. Yeah. Yeah. You said something that I want to talk about, and it's sort of like equalizing the wealth gap. Do I personally, I want to know your opinion. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think there's a chance. And my reason behind it is I don't think, and there are some outliers. Some people just have shit luck or something's hard on them. I'm sorry for that. But I think the mass majority of people that are down at the bottom tier of the financial realm of things Mm -hmm. are there because of who they are, how they work, and just how they view life. I mean, they don't have the go-getter attitude. They don't go after shit like you or I do or anyone else who's just doing really well in life. I, I think they could be given $100,000, all of them, and half of them, probably 75% would blow it in three months. Oh, easy. Yeah. Dude, that's that's the thing. It's like, it's it's really a mindset. It's really a combination of two things. It's really a mindset, and then it's also your environment and your genetics. Like, yeah, if you're born with like 85 IQ, yeah. And some some races, some ethnicities, like their average is 85 IQ. Yeah. And I'm not going to say which. People are going to say I'm racist, but like it's true. And it's like that's fucked up because the average person in that race, some of the races have like 75, 90. If you're born under 100, like you're fucked. Yeah. You know what? We're, we're blessed. We're smart. We're relatively intelligent people. But there's some people that are, you know, 100 or below, like you're not going to make it. Like unless unless you have friends that are very intelligent. And you kind of ride their coattails. And that's, you just read my mind because that's what I wanted to talk about. So when I was, <laughs> you know, I was in Vegas last week. Oh, yeah. We were out. We did it all. We did it big. Got the, like, the sweets, the cabanas every day. But one or two of the days, one of the ladies that was there, her boyfriend came and he owns a massive power company in Texas. I mean, close to a billionaire, probably not a billionaire. Jesus. But yeah, buying like $200 glasses of scotch. Um, but in talking to him, I sort of realized something and just how he's made his money. He's not that smart of a guy, Mm. but everybody in his circle is smarter than he is. And he said he did that on purpose because he (laughs) is, you're lifted up by the people that are around you and just talking to him. So basically he was telling me stuff that I'm not going to say what stocks they were or anything like that, because I would probably get banged with insider trading, like like 12,000 shares of it. (laughs) but it's just the information dude. And I think people that are lower in the bottom tier of economic wealth, they try to keep all their information to themselves. They don't tell ideas to their friends. They don't try to collaborate. They think, Oh, I can do it better myself instead of, Hey, let's go sit down with three of my buddies. Let's grab a drink. Let's grab five drinks, get hammered and just throw out ideas. Dude. I'm I'm one of those types of guys. I a hundred percent agree. And and I don't think it's just a, a lower economic tier thing. I think everyone is guilty of this. Yeah. Maybe less so when wealthy, because I don't know many wealthy people that are like decamillionaires, billion. I don't know any billionaires. But with my environment, even now, where I know lots of millionaires, yeah, that are young, twenty in their twenties, like even they are kind of like kind of guard their information. Um, I don't know why. It's like I'm the type of guy, like, dude, if you're my friend, like, dude. And I, this offer goes to you, goes out to you as well, Cam. Like, dude, 
I don't give a fuck. Here's my Rolodex. Here's all my SOPs. Ask for any intro you like, whatever yeah. you want to know. Don't even hesitate. Yo, people, because people hesitate. They're like, oh, have I built enough social capital with this person to ask for this favor? Da, 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 da. Yeah. No, like, yo, if you want to give me, if you want me to give you like 30 intros in a day, I'll fucking do it. Like if it makes, you know what I mean? If it makes sense, like if, and you're a high quality person, you're a high value person, like I'll fucking yeah. intro you with anyone you want. And the people guard their, it's like, if I give this person an edge, will they give me something back? And it's like, if I give this person my SOP, will he try to copy me? Whatever. It's like, that's not going to, that's not going to work in the long run. Um, I think just being giving and not being scared of people, you know, of course, keep some shit secret, like some trade secrets, some like competitive yeah. edges you have over everyone else in your market. Okay. I understand that. Yeah. But that's like only 0.01% of what you have available to you to, to give. Exactly. I think people need to be more giving for sure. Yeah. No, for sure. And I mean, to me, it boils down to like going back to just making fucking friends. Like you're in elementary yeah. school. Who, who are the best friends you have from elementary school? It's the ones you talked about TV shows that you liked or you shared interest in sports and shit. Yeah. Not because you gave them your snack pack at lunch. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you're probably like, they, you earn some respect. But just giving them shit. I mean, I, I do business with my friends. If I have a friend, I will go out of my way to do whatever they want. I'll shoot them. Like for you, for example, if I find an article that I like or it's meaningful to you, I'll send it to you. But if mm -hmm. someone's just sending me links like, or just someone's just sending me, hey, here's a lead, here's a lead, here's a lead. I'm probably not going to think of them and want to send them this information that I think is valuable to them because I don't have a connection with them. I mean, yeah, it's cool. You're sending mm -hmm. me this cool, like information that's going to help me, but I don't fuck with you. How do, how do you build a connection with someone? I mean, how do you, how would someone build a connection with you? <clears throat> For me, first of all, it's just be real. I mean, you're probably the same way. You get a shit ton of DMs on Twitter. I don't answer the people yeah. that are like, hey, this is what I do and this is what I can do for you unless it blows my mind away. But if mm. someone messages me and say, hey, I saw you retweeted something on the Atlanta Braves. I'm a really big Freddie Freeman fan. I'm going to have a 30-minute conversation with you just because that resonates with me and that's something I like doing because, I mean, you're probably the same way. I don't like thinking business all day. I like yeah. business when I'm doing business or when I have some free time, but I have other shit that I like. I'm a little different. I'm a little different. I feel like those... <clears throat> I feel like if you do DM me yeah, and you just DM me with like, yo, I'm a LeBron fan, whatever. I'm a huge LeBron fan. That's my guy. Yeah. Um, I'll talk to you, whatever, but it's like, it's like, all right, this is like a very shallow conversation. Like what's next? Like, I don't know. I need, uh, and I want to make like, I don't want to seem shallow, but like, I want to make sure like friends I make that are high value friends. And it's not, doesn't have to be about business. That's just about like, lifestyle and morals and just like if you're a good dude or not yeah and i don't get that from a shallow conversation so it's like i think people are afraid to go deep and it's like let's go deeper you know what i mean let's yeah, yeah. let's go deeper people dm me that's the thing if you dm me and you're trying to take something away from me like hey did it a big fan did it whatever can you give me your opinion on this like i'm sorry i cannot respond i'm not going to respond to that yeah but if you dm me with value yeah like yo whatever i just found this super dope article um, or this, yo, here's this product I bought. Here's some insights I got. Maybe you could use it in your own business, whatever. Um, I would be very open to speaking with you because I'm like, all right, that person has his head on straight. Like they're trying to lead with value. Yeah. So it's like that. It'll make me open up to you. It'll make me take them, take them serious. I got you. No, that makes sense. On Twitter. That makes Especially sense. Especially if they have no social proof. Like if, yeah. if I click their Twitter and I look them up and it's like nothing and they're just DMing me, that's all I have. Like they're in a non-account then I'm not going to take you serious unless you give me some form of social proof. 
That could either be talking about yourself, what you've done, or that could be giving me something valuable. Yeah. No, I I get that. I get that. Um, Actually, an example of this is JK. You know JK Molina? Of course. JK is the first guy I met on Twitter. And I had like 17 followers. I just reached out to him and said, hey, man, this is what I'm looking to do. I want to grow in here, and I think I can actually provide value to people. And I was just started asking him questions. But I was providing a little value first. So then he mm-hmm. added me to a Discord group with some big mm-hmm. fucking names like Joey, Sidepreneur, oh, wow. Devin, McDorm- Devin McDermott, Dan Coe, all these guys, Aaron, uh, AOP. And we were just talking shit. Like a lot of it was just sending memes back and forth, like building rapport with one another. Then we started playing like Call of Duty together. And then we just started getting into <laughs> talking business. But now mm-hmm. like I would, if those guys reached out to me and asked me for anything, I mean, we've never worked together, me and any of them, but I would give them anything they asked for mm-hmm. because they're just... They're my boys. And that's for me. I look out for my circle first and then everybody else um, might be a selfish way of doing it, but that's just how no. I am. It's not selfish, dude. <clears throat> One thing that I've had trouble with recently is like uh, these telegram messages and DMS and emails. Like I just can't get to them all. I'm just so focused on what I'm doing that. I just don't have the time. I'm trying to hire someone to help me out with that. Yeah. And among, you know, they'll have other roles as well. The new person that I'm hiring, but I just sat down yesterday for like three hours and I cleared out like all my telegram messages and like 20, 30, 40 DMS. And it's overwhelming. Like if you have, I'm over 14 K on Twitter. Like if you have that many followers, it's like, it's overwhelming how many people DM you and how many people like with value, like people DM me and like they're fucking high value and I still can't answer their shit. Yeah. Cause I'm just so busy. And it's like, it's, I need it. Like I know a guy, who's a non on Twitter. He has like over 35,000 people on his Rolodex. Okay. I need to figure out how to get like him and maybe systemize it. I'm, I'm trying to figure out right now, how to you, how do you build a relationship with someone that's high value without you being present? Like how far can you build it? And like, can you what become you, you friends without, without you being present? What do you mean? Someone else is going to like, like a VA or like an executive assistant. They're going to actually be talking to them back and forth and building the relationship. And then you could jump in. I'm trying to figure out how far you can take that. I know it's kind of psychopathic. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out how far you can take a relationship online with someone without you being present in the situation, in the relationship. So it's like, I'm just going to be able to step in to yeah. a warm relationship with someone that's high value. What do you, yeah. I mean, what do you think of that? Do you think that's immoral or like, do you think that's, what do you I, think? I, I'm about to burn a bridge, but I think, okay. I, think I need to do it for the end. Just to okay. Mm. Have you ever heard of Chris Crone? Crohn's disease? No, K R O N H. He's massive real estate, like single family investor. He's got he's massive, like couple million on TikTok. Like has a huge podcast. Mm-hmm. Have not he's heard. Not, him. He's not huge on Twitter. He reached out to me. He followed me. Reached out to me. We started talking. We started vibing. I was liking it. Then I asked him a question. Hey, would love to have you on the podcast someday. And he goes, oh, hey, this is actually uh, Tom, Chris's assistant. What? I've never fucking responded. Dude. <laughs> I, I liked what the guy was saying. We built a good rapport, even if it wasn't no Chris, it was Tom. But just hiding behind that, I, I, don't, I don't do that. So like, No, I understand. That's, that's like, but, yeah. but the thing is with what I want to do, and, and I, I don't know if I'm going to do this or not for real, but it's like, no one's going to say I'm actually Tom. They're just going to sub me in when the time's right. They're going to fucking tag team yeah. me in. Yeah. Like you're in coach. I mean, um, 
you know, coach is going to tag me in, but no, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, dude, fuck that. Yeah. Wait, how far, how, how much did you guys talk? Hold on. Let me pull this up. <laughs> let us see. Let no, us see I'm the serious. receipts. Um, Um, oh, sorry. It wasn't Tom. It was Ryan. So we were talking for, <laughs> we talked from November of 2020 until March 25th, 2021, <laughs> 5.40 PM when I messaged him, brother, hope you're doing well. Saw you on TikTok and have been loving your, your YouTube content since I found it. We would definitely love to have you on the podcast sometime. His response almost immediately, Cameron, what's up, brother? This is actually Ryan. I handle all of Chris's social media. Would be happy to chat. <laughs> conversation has never progressed further <laughs> you got cast <laughs> yeah so i think you need to be careful with that so like oh I don't know, some people might not have the same point of view as me oh my god that rubbed me the wrong way so fast no it would rub me the wrong way too it would rub anyone the wrong way but i think there's a way to circumvent that and that's building yeah. a personal brand yeah dude imagine if you reached out cam to any of your followers if I reached out to any of my followers, what would the response rate be? Like, let's be honest here. 85% plus. 85% plus. It might be near 100%. Like, yeah. it might be. If they're active on Twitter, if they're actually checking their shit, it's going to be 100%. They're going to fucking respond because they know your high value. They know who you are. They fuck with you as a person. Yeah. And now if they're high value, boom, it's easy. You just made a relationship. So it's like, I think taking advantage, like, if you really want to build relationships at scale, then doing that with a personal brand that actually adds value, you know, not being a fucking Instagram model, whatever, because Cam, you could definitely do that if you wanted to. Yeah. So sure. actually having value. I, th I think that's, that's the easiest way to build relationships at scale. If you reach out to one of your followers, they're going to respond to you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, to me personally, at the end of the day, I think any relationship that's built, you need to do it yourself. That's how yeah. I'll do it. I mean, yeah, there's a way to do it the other way. I just, I don't know. I could see it snowballing downward very fast. Um, a thousand percent. And once that reputation gets out that, hey, this guy is reaching out to a bunch of people, building relationships, and boom, not even him. Chris Crone, if you're watching this. Chris Crone, if you're watching this, would love <laughs> to have you on the podcast, dude. Ryan, not so much. <laughs> but hey, Ryan killed it for you for four months. I mean, it sounds like you, you had him fooled. Yeah, he's a good dude. Still comments on almost every one of my tweets. Wait, Chris or with Chris's account? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I got to check this dude out, man. Ryan's a go-getter, man. I got to get him on my team. Let me send it to you. I got to get him on my team. Um, eh. what, what do you think about this? Let me ask you this question. Um, finding people to work for you on your team that have their heart in their work, that try their hardest, that really – have a motor like Dennis Rodman type employees that fucking go and get it and are smart and intelligent. Is that rare? Very. How rare is it? You what's, what's your team size and how many people on your team are like that? Uh, let's, I'll say this. I think it's more rare to keep them on board for more than a year than it is mm. to find them. You're <clears throat> going to find them. And once they start working with the right person, you or I, and we really bring the most out of them, they're going to realize I can do this on my own. I can oh. do something else similar and more power to them. If you're that person, go do it. I want you to go do it. And that's a relationship that I'm going to have for the rest of my life with a high profile individual who's going to be there and have my back because I had his or her back for six months, helping them get to where the fuck they are. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's tough, dude. I mean, I don't know, unless you pay them a shit ton of money. Or give them equity. Yeah. It depends. It depends what you're doing. Like if you're giving them equity in fucking Airbnb yeah. at its infancy and something that has like huge potential, then yeah, sure. But um, if you're giving them equity in your little home operation, yeah, it's not gonna fucking ever sell because no one wants to buy your little piece of shit business. Then yeah, it's not gonna work out. Yeah. No, I mean, I but I don't know. Then there, then again, there's people who are on the other side because so like I went to school with triplets in high school. Two of them now live out in LA and are personal assistants for like high profile, like singer songwriter. Another one's a pro- personal assistant for an, um, an actor. They could be doing whatever they want to do, but that person treats them so well. They don't get paid a shit ton of money, but they get treated really well. They feel like they're part of a family. And I was talking to them about six months ago. They're never leaving. Wow. That's I think it's, it's the, it's the clout too. Cause I was in the music industry. Like yeah, the clout is magically it's it like hypnotizes you. It's like, like you're getting, you might be getting paid 50, maybe in LA, hundred thousand. You can't live on 50 a year with taxes, especially maybe you're getting paid a hundred thousand a year in LA <clears throat> and you could go do your own thing and make millions, but it's just like, you have this position or whatever. I know plenty of people that work at universal music, Warner, whatever, that they could be killing it somewhere else. They could be killing it with their own thing, but it's like the clout. They work at universal. They work at Warner. They're on, yeah, yeah. you know, they have access to these huge artists that they could talk to and they could call and they could email with and yeah. they go to these industry functions and events i think the clout can hypnotize you in the music and entertainment industry i've seen that happen time and yeah. time again yeah i agree actually i do I, I do agree with that i think other than money you can give them just the incentives and like what comes along with working with you obviously you and i were not disney level but a lot of people that i grew up with i think like six of them now go work at disney mm. they don't pay you a shit ton of money but they, do they operate the rides what do they do no, they're like, I mean, like, I, I don't know what the fuck they do, but they're not making a ton of money. They're making probably 60, 80 K a year, mm. but they love it. And they never want to leave mm. because they get to go to Disney every day for free. They get to do all this stuff and be around the Disney environment. So, I mean, I think you just have to create an environment where people want to stay. Yeah. People want to like, like Google. So Google, I was listening to a podcast the other day and Google did this study where they pay their employees hour their salary is based on an hourly basically you're getting paid for like an eight hour day but they made their campuses sick pool tables mini fridge everything stacked to the nines Uh they spend about twenty dollars an hour per person in incentives so like the pool tables all the nice tvs those like basically it comes down to where they're paying each person twenty dollars more an hour but their employees now stay there three hours on average more a day Wow. My brother's at my brother's at Google, actually. <clears throat> my little bro. Because you don't want to leave the campus. Whether or not you're working the whole time, yeah. you're there brainstorming, fucking around with your buddies, building a better rapport, which is going to be better for the business. So I thought that Google was Google doesn't cool. give a fuck, dude. Google makes 1.6, and these numbers might be off this year, but they make about $1.6 million in profit per employee. So, which is insane if you think about it. The amount of leverage yeah. they've built. That yeah. they can make 1.6. Like I had eight employees that shut down music last year. I was yeah. making 150,000 profit. And I, and I was like hiring these cheap ass people out of the Philippines and like college kids. I just graduated um, in America and in Europe. It's like 22 to 25 year old kids. Yeah. If they're not Filipino. And um, <clears throat> we were barely skimping by. And it's like 25% profit margin on 600K, 150K profit a year. 20k per employee and then google is out here making 1.6 mil 
So that's why I think that lean businesses that you're not making 20K per employee, that's going to be a business that's, it's just so much, you're just kind of skating on ice there. It's one thing happens and your fucking whole business can fall apart. You want to have a business that's lean. For example, a SaaS company, 100K a month, you only need like three or four employees. Okay. Damn. You can, yeah. you can kill it with a business that's not lean like that, but I mean, the leaner the business is, the more it relies on other forms of leverage that aren't human labor, like automation and connections and X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. The more I think you have room to fail, to have all these mini failures within the business that you'll actually learn a lot. The more you have room to hire better talent per employee. If you're making 20 K per employee, I don't have the room to go out and hire someone for 150 K and get the best talent there is. Yeah. But if you're making like, let's say 500 K a month, 80% profit margin, you have the room to hire some fucking really talented people, whether that's full-time, part-time on a consultant type of basis, on a performance basis, whatever, you just have a lot more money to play with. And I think that changes the game. Like if you have a lot of money to play with that you can just throw at problems and at employees, of course you have to have the culture to back it up, but that's really a game changer. And I think that'll really, that can really propel a company forward. I think it's way easier for a company with, with huge margins that are consistent that um, to scale than a company that's, that's like 20, 30, 40% profit margin in my eyes. Yeah. That just leaves the question of how do you go from 30 to 80% profit margin? Software company. <clears throat> yeah. That's, there, there was, yeah. Yeah. No, that's the key to everything. I mean, we got rid of our marketing director at our job because we What's realized, your job? I mean, commercial real estate. We had a marketing right. director in-house that we were paying 7500 bucks a month. We outsourced that and now pay $2,500 a month to have a software do it for us. The exact same product. Exact same. And it's always on time. And it's there for you every second you need it. That's where I think automation software and robots are going to take over is that type of role being the secondary, the assistant, the marketing, everything like that, everything other than sales, basically. In my opinion, sales too, sales too, not all of it, at least aiding sales companies like gong.io companies like copy, maybe not copy AI, but there's lots of companies now like um, warmer.ai that like literally write like personalized first lines for you. And they're damn good. They're yeah. damn good. They're like six and a half, seven out of 10. They're getting there. And I think more and more AI machine learning type software will come out that aids the sales process, but yeah. you're not going to be able to hop on a call with an AI and they're going to close you. Exactly. Exactly. If so- you do that, shit's going to be the fucking, that'd yeah. be fucking crazy. Like if an AI can close you, like, I like, yeah. To well, dude, it's like, it's like accountants. I, this is one thing that blows my mind is I don't know how accountants still have a job because of QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. QuickBooks is cheaper. QuickBooks is easy to use and you have the records at your hands any second of the day. You don't have to reach out to an accountant and QuickBooks is never wrong. Mm. That's I don't understand how accounts are still a thing. Um, so I think honestly, next 10 years, probably every position that's not client facing can be probably should be AI software or whatever you want to, yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get into the software game more and more. I yeah. think that's where things are going and that's where you have the most leverage. Like it's, it's, you know, building an agency up to hundred K a month 
yeah. you know, I've built mine up to 50K a month in music, which is a really tough industry. But it's it's tough. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It's tough. Like fulfillment is not easy. Fulfillment, there's dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of moving parts. For example, when we sent uh, music to a client, we went through like seven, eight revisions before. That's why our music was so good. Like, yeah. So many revisions. But anyways, we sent it. Let's say they wanted a revision, right? They wanted us to revise the song. Let's say they wanted us to revive, revise the vocals. It would have to go from the production coordinator, right? The client would tell us the production coordinator would send it to the artist. The artist would record. The artist would then upload it on Trello. The um, One of our admin assistants would put it on box.com. And then they would also give it to the um, engineer to mix the vocals again. The engineer would have to upload a new version. The executive producer would have to give notes. And then they, the, the, the mix is going to be done. Then the engineer has to upload it again on box. And then the admin assistant has to come in and they have to take it and they have to give it back to the producer. The producer has to mix it back in. It's like all these different moving parts when, like when you're doing fulfillment as an agency, you know, it's usually not that complex. Our process was just music. It can get that complex. Um, there's so many moving parts. And it's like, if you don't have really great employees that can critically think at a high level, they're going to fuck something up. Yeah. Yeah, they and, are. And you want to be there, like, if you're not there to clean it up, your clients are going to, you know, you're not going to be able to leave your business for months at a time. But one thing that can change the game is hiring a COO that really has his head on straight. Yeah. And you gave them, you give them equity and like they have room to grow the company. And I think that's what a lot of these agency owners should do if they want to really remove themselves from their business. You can't remove yourself from a business if it's only you and entry level employees. That's yeah. not going to happen. You need someone high level who has skin in the game, who has heart, who's really like, you know, down to take your, to, to grow your company on their own. And then you could, you could kind of take a step back. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I think you need those C-level employees who know how to maximize the effectiveness of software. So you've got you at the top, your C-level guys who are running a software who in turn, the software is running the hourly or lower employees. Right. Because if right. a software fucks up, you can go fix that. If a person fucks up, you might be able to fix it. You might not. They could be hiding something from you. They could be lying. They could be talking shit behind your back. That's one thing about software. A software, even if you fire them, they're not going to talk shit about your company. Right. Because they can't. Not yet. At least. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going to make a software. I'm My new SaaS is going to talk shit about... <laughs> It's just like, it's like a shit talker. It's like a roasting software. <laughs> Ty Frankel makes a billion dollars because he creates a software. <laughs> and he clicks a button. It sends Cameron Holmes a text saying, fuck you. Oh man. And I think, um, I think the world is actually, is turning more digital. I mean, obviously it's not yeah. exactly a unique viewpoint, but that's why I actually would bet on crypto. That's why I actually would bet on SaaS. Like, just bet on everything, bet on sex becoming digital, bet on sales becoming more digital, bet on money becoming more digital. If you're betting on shit becoming more digital in a macro sense, I think you're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, we're going to fucking, you know, the movie Wally, -E, right? People were just sitting in their fucking wheelchairs with their screens and just like fucking like fat and just like, you you've seen the movie, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's one of my biggest sort of predictions for the future is that software is not going to take over the world. Like robots aren't going to be everywhere, but software mm. will take over the world because it's going to create a massive divide in the top and the bottom of hierarchy. 
because some people are going to learn how to control software. Other people are going to be controlled by the software. Mm. So you want to learn how to control software if you're listening to this. Yes, exactly. You want to learn how to make the software work for you and not be a slave to the software where you're sitting there nonstop watching it like TikTok. I was on Jesus TikTok Christ. for like two months and I, I would find myself sometimes at night like before I take a shower, hour. And it felt like 10 minutes. The software was controlling me. Yeah. Their, their, their um, <clears throat> UX is just so addictive and they've done that obviously on purpose. Yeah. And they have all these little things built in that just keep you scrolling. And I think software, obviously it's in their best interest to do that. And I think yeah. software is just going to keep doing that more and more. They're trying to get you addicted to their product. And I think willpower is going to become more and more important. It's art like willpower back in the day, it was important, but like, what are you going to do anyways? You're going to fucking take the walk. You're going to fucking read books. You have nothing yeah. else to do. Yeah. Nowadays you have all these different things that are just short-term dopamine hits, TikTok, Netflix, porn, whatever. That yeah. it's like, you have to like, not, you have to like choose something that's not the default. You have to be like, all right, I'm going to sacrifice short-term dopamine for long-term dopamine and long-term yeah. success. And I think it's going to get worse. Obviously it's like, they don't have any incentive to be like, Oh, this person, you know, I won't feel sorry for him. We're going to make our product less addictive. No, they're going to make it way more addictive and it's going to keep learning how to become addictive. Like I read an article about Facebook released a dating site like a year or two, two years ago, whenever it was. Mm. And I'm pretty sure they got sued out the ass because people found out that say you're a guy and you have a brand new girlfriend and you have an ex that you broke up with like a year ago, if you for some reason like that ex's photo, whether or not your girlfriend, your new girlfriend follows them, it's going to show up. Because you know how you can go through Facebook and see so-and-so likes this post. Or on right. Twitter, it's on Twitter the same too. Thing. It's going to show it to that new girlfriend because it wants to cause drama and then break up and then need Facebook's dating app. So you're more reliant on Facebook. You're spending more time on Facebook or there's an argument on Facebook. Facebook was showing people stuff to create controversy. <laughs> So people would spend more time on Facebook trying to look into the All right. I'm deleting my account. Yeah, it's nuts. That is that just Facebook or I mean I'm assuming it's every app. I'm assuming yeah. it's everyone because that's thinking back to it's genius. Of course. Smart. It's very smart. They don't give a fuck about the end user and they're not incentivized to give a fuck. So I don't blame a corporation for focusing on profits. Yeah. And I mean I'm the I same way with sales and everything. If I'm going after a prospect, I'm gonna send them like so one of the things that I do when I get in if I uh Finally, so say there's a building that sells down the street and some, I, I will reach out to every single person on that street who has a building similar to it. Take a screenshot of the front of the building that just sold and said, Hey, John, this building down the street at whatever address just sold, would love to talk to you more and tell you about, or just sold for a, like a record price. Would mm. love to talk more. Give me a call and I'll share more info. I'm making mm. them become reliant on me. That's G shit. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think you could do that with, could you do that with SaaS founders as well? Probably. You could, you could find a way startups. to do it with anything. It's withholding information or sharing too much information. Those are the two ways you do it. Huh. I wonder if you could do it with like startup founders. Be like, yo, this, this startup just did series A for like a hundred million. Yeah. And then if you could somehow put some social proof in there, hit yep. me up. Yeah. I think that'd be a fire ass message. Yeah. So it's that, or you send them way too much high level information. It's basically analysis paralysis type thing. You send them high level, high, I'll do this too. I'll send them the most high level 
perplexed words that only a commercial real estate professional would know. Mm. And they're like, yeah, that sounds familiar to me. That sounds really good. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to do with it. I'm going to call Cam and he's going to help me do it because mm. he knows what he's talking about. Mm. Dude, that's fucking smart. Let's, let's have one of these episodes just be about your prospecting techniques. I think that's where you're like next level. Yeah. I actually want to hook you up with one of my, um, <clears throat> one of my friends, Abtin, okay. Abtin, yeah. who he's a marketing genius. This guy He's on Twitter and, um, he wants his agency is I think doing like 70 fuck. Maybe he doesn't want me to say he's killing it with his agency, but he wants to target like fortune 500 companies. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, Cam literally just got a fucking huge deal with Tesla. And he sent over like 200, what you said, 243 emails to target. Uh, yeah. 197, 197. Like yeah. he's been killing it. Like, why don't I just hook you guys up? And he could, t- he can kind of teach you about that. If you guys want to do consultations, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if anyone's listening to this, they want to hit up Fortune 500 companies, get their attention, and yeah. really make a fuck ton of money, and get them as clients. Hit Cam up, like he's a fucking monster. I try, um, but no, like there's one thing. <laughs> no, but, so this is one thing I, I have to say for a while. I've never talked to like tweet about it or anything. So I, I sent 197 emails to Target. I sent over 150 to Tesla and all this stuff. But it's not taking me that long of time. Like people say, damn, you sent 200 emails. That probably took forever. Or if you hear about it, I write probably like each morning, I'll write like three or four stock template emails. I'll title them very well so I know what they mean. And I'll leave blank spaces to where I can fill in one to five words that are relating to that company. But I'm just going through using that email and sending it because I don't- Everyone? Most people, yeah. But I'll tailor like a couple words to be direct towards them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're not reading my email like it's a senior thesis. They're not trying to grade it for accuracy. The only goal of it is they keep seeing my name. And Mm -hmm. they continually, because I mean, when you get an email from somebody, you're not going to read it, then read it again, then read it again. Like you're getting tested on it tomorrow. You're not going to internalize everything. But if I hit you 200 times with it, over time, you're going to internalize it because I keep hitting on the same thing. You're going to associate me with high investment returns on real estate. That's my goal with sending emails is that's the only goal is high investment returns with your real estate, Cameron Holmes. That's all I care that they see. So the the second they see my name on their phone, that's what they think. And then I can go into my pitch and I'm already six. I'm I'm beating them six, nothing. Basically, if you're talking baseball, it's the eighth inning. I'm up six, nothing. I'm bringing my closer in ball game. Let's go celebrate, pop some champagne. (laughs) You got to bring Mariano in. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great thing that you do. And I did the same thing with shutdown music, man. I just fucking bombarded these, these big companies like Universal, Red Bull with some great music. Like once every three or four weeks, I sent them some shit. You can easily like, that's the thing that people miss out. Like, oh, how do I get in with high level people with CEOs of huge companies, whatever. It's really not hard. Like if you just keep hitting their, hitting up, hitting them up on their email, your social, you have good social proof online and you keep hitting yeah. up their email with high value and you, you kind of present yourself and position yourself as like a really high value person that could help make them money. They're going to respond to you. You're going to at least get their attention. Yeah. You can get anyone. You can almost get anyone's attention. You could probably get Elon's attention if you really wanted to, if his email was available, you could get his yeah. attention. Yeah. I mean, my thought behind it is if I'm sending you an email a week for a year, I got 52 chances to make you pick up the phone. Hmm. I could fuck, so up, 50, one I every could fuck week. up 51 of them. All I have to do is have one catch your attention and I win. 
So, so what are you doing? Because I, I used to send music to these companies. So I'm not doing it now, but maybe once every three to four weeks, I didn't want to <clears throat> annoy them or whatever. You send one a week. Uh, one every week or two weeks. Sometimes it's okay. more often. Like, so say I'm scrolling and I see an yeah, article one more and I think, damn, this article is really relevant to Tesla. I'm going to send it to you. Whether mm-hmm. I sent you an email yesterday or I sent it to you a week ago, I'm going to send it. My thought behind it is uh, it's a numbers game. I'm reaching out to so many people. If it pisses them off, they're going to block me. I'm at the same spot I was before they blocked me. I'm not right. losing anything. And I mean, I don't care if you think I'm annoying. <laughs> I just want your business. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, you got to keep hitting them, man. It's Im- important, high profile people don't try to ignore you. They don't look down on you. No. Because they don't have the attention span or they don't have the time to give you. Yeah. All, so all you got to do is hit them one time when, hey, you sent them an email yesterday, tomorrow night, they're going to be sitting on their couch doing nothing. Oh, look, see an email. Oh, I've never seen this guy before, but hey, he's emailed me 41 times before. Let's give him a shot. Yeah. And they're, they're going to want to give you a shot because <clears throat> they, they val- if someone emailed me like 50 times, like once a week with like high value shit that could actually help my business. Yeah. It's not going to be, they're not going to email me 50 times before I respond to them. That's for sure. Exactly. They'll probably email me two or three times and then I'm going to respond to them because they're presenting themselves and they're positioning themselves as someone of of, of high value right away. And they're leading with value. So it's like, all right, if they're already leading with value, if they have value on the front end, how much value can I get out of them on the back end? If I actually talk to them and I actually invest in the relationship. Yeah. You're not going to need to email someone 50 times before they respond. That's the outlier. Yeah. Right. They're going to respond after a couple of times, maybe three, four, five, 10 times. Yep. Um, no, it, it's, it's very similar to like Facebook ads. So I'm targeting people who I know are in investment real estate. It's an interest mm-hmm. of theirs. If I scroll through Facebook, I'm going to get a shit ton of ads for Air Jordans, Air Maxes, anything Nike, probably. That's usually most of my ads. I see them every day. It doesn't piss me off. I don't get irritated. I'm like, damn, that's a cool pair of shoes. That's a cool pair of shoes. That's a cool pair of shoes. I like that show. I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> so it's just keep hitting them and eventually they'll buy. Yeah. Um, Cause like, I'm not going to go block Nike from sending me ads. Same way. I want to buy their shoes. I'm not going to block the dude who's sending me investment properties and has my best interest in mind. Yeah. He wants to make money from sending me this, but he's gonna make me money too. I'll keep waiting until he does send me something and then give him a call. A thousand percent. Yeah, man. A thousand percent. Um, want to wrap this thing up? Yeah, brother. Let's do it. We have been going for how long do you think we've been going? Just take a while. Guess. 45 minutes. Kind of looked at the clock. Damn. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all one of you, mom, we love you. <laughs> listening. Ty, you got anything else before we roll? There's more than one. Come on. We have a good, we have a good 75 to hundred listeners per episode. Unique listeners. Thousand. Uh, sponsors hit us up yeah yeah red bull no don't hit us up because we're gonna sell our own shit okay i'll fuck with it how to go your podcast to 75 listeners in three months (laughs) (laughs) course coming soon (laughs) all right guys bro i'm gonna head to bed i'll see you take it easy brother